So hello, welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I was working this week with some of my behavioral cognitive therapy, and one of the things that they wanted me to do was to list five things that I was good at. And one of the things I said I was good at was that I'm very creative. And even though it wasn't their plan, when I come up with five things that I'm good at, I also think of the opposite side of that coin and what that means I'm not really good at. And for me, not for everyone, but for me, I come across the fact that I'm very creative. I'm good at that, but I'm not very organized and I don't schedule things well um, so that I get everything done. So when I have a project, I like to start it, work on it and finish it. I just like kind of binge and I'll go without sleeping and without eating and without paying a lot of attention to people that I love to get things done. And I love that process. And I'm not really good at saying, okay, on Monday at nine o'clock, I'm going to work on this creative project for two hours and then get on with the rest of my life. I'm not real good at that. Matter of fact, my wife will tell you that I'm not very good at taking care of laundry or ever cleaning my desk because I never seem to binge on those things. I never seem to make time for those kind of things. And as I was thinking of that, that made me think of the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible, where Jesus came to visit and Mary's like just wants to sit at his feet and listen. Um, and Martha is like, Jesus is coming. We've got to get everything clean. We've got to come up with snacks. Everything's got to look right and be right. And and why won't you help me clean, Martha? Matter of fact, she even said that to Jesus. I can't believe that you're coming here and Mary won't help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, calm down. Mary has chosen correctly, which I love to hear because I want to sit at Jesus' feet and listen and creatively come up with my sermon or the next youth group thing or, or whatever else. And I don't really want to do my laundry or clean my desk. But just like many other scriptures, you can find just the opposite of that because there were the time that the that that Peter James and John were with Jesus and they went up on a mountaintop and they had a mountaintop experience matter of fact I think that's where it came from the mountaintop experience um, where Jesus was transfigured and they saw Jesus glowing like he would in a heavenly realm and and there was Elijah and Moses with him um, and and it was just one of those oh moments where where they were just enthralled and when it was done they said oh let's build tabernacles and stay here and jesus said to them no we've got to go back down the mountain to where the people are and he he implied that we've got to go get to work well, I don't like to hear that one as much. I want to climb the mountain and stay there um, because that's who I am. I would love to worship and do creative kind of learning forever. I should work at a retreat center um, as long as there's an administrator like Amy that makes all the other stuff happen. I was going to say, like, uh, retreat centers include a lot of making of beds. Like that. <laughs>
Well, that's what they, they never tell you that at seminary, they don't teach you that half of being a pastor is setting up tables and moving chairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. Um, but so in that, that whole scenario, those two scenarios reminded me of, I don't know, is it the, is it a Buddhist saying name? Yeah. Um, the one that says before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water mm -hmm. and after enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. Yeah. Yeah. Which means inspiration is part of life, but so are normal chores, mm -hmm. you know, that we need to be working and effective. I'm assuming that in life, there are some people like me who would rather do the creative inspirational stuff and feel like chores are chores. And there's other people who love the routineness of chores and feel like stressed if they have to do something creative. I think before enlightenment, after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, and Jesus saying, Mary's chose right, but we can't stay on the mountaintop. We've got to go back down and work. Um, says that there's a balance in life that we need to find for each one of ourselves. Does Jesus explain why he says that Mary had chosen right? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just says that she's chosen right. I always assumed it's because, and maybe if we were doing Bible study and I went back and looked, one of the things in Bible study that, that I think gives clues to things is that you should always read before the passage that you're looking at and after the passage you're looking at. Uh, I didn't do that in this case. I'm assuming that maybe what he was saying was, I'm not going to be here long, you know, right. either today, I'm not going to be here long or on this earth, I'm not going to be here long. So when I'm in your presence, you should stop and listen. Yeah. You know, that it doesn't really matter if the counters are clean right now. Mm -hmm. What matters is what's going on in your heart and your spirit. Yeah. There'll be plenty of time. What's that poem about motherhood? There's plenty of time to do dishes and yeah. and and pick up toys, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but now's the time to be with your child. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting that he so definitively says she made the right choice, not like here, there are negatives and positives to both of these choices. Right. I respect right. both of your intentions in this situation. <laughs> you know? Yes. But that yes. just says, like, Mary made the right choice. Mary made the right choice. Yeah. So It's interesting because in the yoga community, there are modern-day gurus, which, mm. I mean, as a, as a follower of Jesus, we kind of believe that Jesus is more than just a guru, right? But that he's actually God. Right. But a lot of the symbolisms and the practices are very similar. I mean, even the fact that the follower of the guru is called a disciple. And right. it's interesting because when a guru comes to town, especially if it's your guru, the one that you have chosen to follow specifically, yep. you do sit at their feet and hear from them. But there is also a lot of practical work. I mean, there is, right? It's like having your in-laws in town. Right. Like, 
it's except nobody's doing the dishes like you're the one like you're cooking for the guru who often has like a very specific diet like you're driving the guru to their like uh outreach programs you're making sure their room is all set you're making sure they have like all the things that they need because i think similar to jesus like the modern day yoga guru that tends to be a traveling uh saint like somebody who doesn't live in one place so they don't have any of their own things you know so they need the beds made the towels done and so there is a lot of work and it's it's interesting to think because if a guru were to come to town and all i did was sit at their feet i think that would be like a pretty selfish choice actually yeah because somebody is doing the dishes right you know right even in that that idea of the poem of like of a mother like there's there's time to do the dishes well yeah there is time but like that's gonna be time she takes away from like her self-care or her sleep or right there's time but like there's not a lot of time that's why she's doing the dishes now right so so living simply for one person means somebody does a lot of work right yeah (laughs) (laughs) especially in those times because you can't just pop something in the microwave right right i mean women were that much more busier than they are now you know right exactly yeah so so ideally your guru comes when they're on a 40-day fast (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then you could all just sit yeah right Yeah. Yeah. yeah but there's i mean i i think that goes back to that buddhist saying you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Yeah, yeah. There's a balance in life. Yeah. Um, but 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 how do you how do you pair that with the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus didn't offer the balance, or are you just pairing that with the fact that Jesus gave different instructions at different times? Yeah, because that's okay. where I balance the mountaintop. Yeah, I see, I see. And and we sometimes make fun of the disciples because they seem so slow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But if they were there for the Mary Martha story. And they they heard him say Mary's chosen right. You can see them taking notes. I got this one now. Okay, when yeah. Jesus is around, we should just stop everything and pay attention. And then they yeah. go to this mountaintop experience where they're ready to like just stop and make a retreat center. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. He shows like his eternal form, right? right? And he says, yeah. "No, no, no! You got this wrong." You know, this was for now, this was a moment, a glimpse for you, but we got to get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, darn it. I thought I had this one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I see the ballads. But the struggle is for me, and I think for most people, is very few of us are balanced. Yes. You know, we're either creative or organized. Right. Very few people are both. Right, right. Equally. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so how do we find balance in those things? Yeah. For me, it's it's remembering that Buddhist statement that in the normal everyday routine chores, you can find enlightenment. Yeah. And in enlightenment, you've got to make sure it leads you back to getting to work. Yeah. You know, so if you're someone like me who's creative and who would love to binge on creativity, Mm -hmm. 
I should have either a personal assistant Mm -hmm. that walks by my side and said, okay, it's now 11 o'clock. You have to stop this project and you need to make, make preparations for dinner for Carol. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And then I can use my creativity in making plans to make dinner for Carol. Right. But if I'm binging on my creativity, Carol gets out of work at five o'clock and there's no dinner. Yeah. And after working a whole day, she's got to come and make dinner. Yeah. Yeah, that that, is a bummer. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) Right? You know? Yeah. So, but I need that personal assistant to remind yeah. me of that. Well, yeah. I don't have that. I can't afford that. You yeah. know, um, but that's where in my spirituality, you know, I I do believe that that God sent God's spirit, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that the spirit does. It's the 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 beautiful thing about the, the spirit of God is that. It's creative. It created this world, but it's also orderly. It made the it made the rules of this world. Mm. The way creation works. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Well, I think it was the Spirit that was created. I mean, in the yeah. in the Trinity form of things. I mean, this all depends on what you believe and what ends up true, you know. But but God spoke. Or God spoke, Jesus was the word, and the spirit was the one that was hovering over the water and went to work. Well, I did not get that before. So when we say Jesus is the word, we mean the word that God spoke? Sure. Don't you remember that passage in John that the word was with God and the word was God? In the beginning, the word was with God. Yeah, but I don't know what that means. (laughs) But then it goes on to say, and everything that was created was created by him, by the word. And then when you go back to the Genesis story, it said, and God spoke and there was light. God spoke and there was this. Yeah. God spoke and out of the the water came the creepy crawling things. Yeah. You know. Um so in my mind God the creative force speaks the living word and the spirit which it says right in the beginning of Genesis that the spirit hovered over the the void mm. like it was waiting. Mm to go into action mm. you know wow so, that's cool yeah like because then i'm imagining like the holy spirit hovering over our lives waiting to go into action right yeah right yeah yeah wow that's cool so like at baptisms i like to remember that verse yeah. and speak it that just like the holy spirit was hovering over the waters at the beginning so the Holy Spirit is hovering over these waters of baptism. Wow. Nice. You know, waiting to go to work. Yeah. With, with the one who breaks the water. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I never considered the, like the Trinity in that way because, it, again, like in yoga philosophy, there's the creator, the destroyer, and the maintainer, and there's three different personalities, but like all part of God. Right. And it's like God is like the like the father is like the creator and like Jesus is like the destroyer of the sins and then the Holy Spirit is like the maintainer like still here. Right. Right. You know, and I hope 
I hope that because I know there's folks that are listening to us that don't buy the creation story. Right. You know, and I don't don't tell my good Southern Baptist friends, uh-huh. but I don't buy the creation story as that seven day event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I believe if you look at the creative story, the creation story evolution fits really well into it yeah um you know and it expands over time but um but but i i hope that even in the greatest scientific mind in this world there is some mystery of how all this intricate stuff and beautiful stuff happened just as part of science Hmm. there's mm-hmm. something creative and something orderly about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that even the most scientific mind is open to at least look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That even if you can't explain to me why the sky looks the way it does, isn't it darn beautiful at sunset? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? But so if that's all a part of what's around us, then that means that in my creativity, I can, I do have some force in me that can bring out some order. Yeah. And in the most orderly life, which is in mine, there is some creative force of Mm -hmm. beauty and wonder. Yeah. So if you're like me, You really should, as part of your inspiration, say, now, how am I going to take this and put it to work? Yeah. And I need to almost, well, I was going to say I need to force myself or I need to call on that spirit that's hovering over that moment Mm -hmm. and say, can you draw out of me? a scheduled plan, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what exactly am I going to do to carry out this vision, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, or what needs to happen to keep order in my life while I'm carrying out this vision. Yeah. And if you're the opposite of me and you got everything on the spreadsheet, yeah. How can you, what what can you call upon to say, okay, now that I have this all organized, let's remember that the world it does not always fit on the spreadsheet. Yeah. And what kind of inspiration or beauty or creativity can I find to, to make this a work of art as yeah. well as a work of science? But do you, I, I think that's true, but do you not think that like, this might be one of those cases where, like, this is why we need each other. That's beautiful, Amy Hollis. Well, I mean, just that, like, because that's, like, an intricate part of Jesus' teachings, that, like, we are meant to do this life together, that we are meant to follow our path, our spiritual paths, our material paths together. And, like, so much of the early Christian church was communal. Right. And I think, like, God didn't make the birds like able to fly and swim and hum and gather, you know, like the birds can fly and build nests and the fish can swim and the 
deer can run, and but they can't all do everything. Right. They, but it works like harmoniously together. Right. right. So I think like there, you have strengths and you have weaknesses, but you don't need to curb all of your strengths and increase all of your weaknesses. You can just find somebody to help you. Right. I I almost totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this podcast is a good example. Yeah. Because you all said that I should do a podcast. Yeah. It was a right idea. Yeah. Um, and I'm creative enough to do a podcast. Yeah. With some guidance, you know, yeah. but, but I would have never made it happen. Mm-hmm. I would have never made it happen. I would have gotten bogged down in the techno technological part and I would yeah. have never seen it through yeah. just like six of the books that are somewhere in the piles of my desk unwritten. Yeah. <laughs> but you put all the stuff together that needed to happen. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's stronger together. Right. Right. But it goes back to that, whether Carol has dinner tonight or not. Yeah. Or whether she has to fix her own. Right. I can't just say I'm creative and therefore totally not pay attention to things that should be done, could be done, need to be done. No, but like, so it doesn't, I guess my thought was like, is there not another husband or wife in your community that would also like to like make a dinner for their spouse and the two of you could like team up or is there not somebody who is cooking a meal every night, but they're actually like really lonely and would really love to like cook with somebody else. And you could go to their house three nights a week and cook something and bring it home. And then you have it for Carol. Like, are there not, like, isn't, isn't every need that we have, like, isn't there a spark there? Like of something true that like God is trying to lead us towards? Yes. And, and if I polish off all my rough edges and limit my strengths, then we end up with a bunch of squares that make a really lousy puzzle. Yeah. Whereas if we have our strengths and our weaknesses, then we fit together pretty nicely. Yeah. But what I'm saying is my strength is creativity. Yeah. My weakness is order. Yeah. I ought to follow a little bit of creation's story and use my creativity to help me develop some order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, use, I ought to use my order to help me appreciate some of the beauty yeah. of creativity. Yeah. You know, without turning myself into a square. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I just think that another thing that you could strengthen in your life is to ask for help. <laughs> right. I agree. But, but I guess I I mean, I believe God brought Carol and I together. Yeah. But it seems like in my picture, she got the raw end of the deal. Aww. You know? Because yeah. my life is great because of everything she does. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure that her life is great because of everything I don't do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it reminds me a little bit of like, 
I remember when I was in school, Andrew always got like all the trophies and all the certificates and he won all the championships because he did like so many sports and hobbies and he was like good at everything. And I remember being like really down on myself once about it with mom. And she said like, yeah, but you're just so good with people. And I was like, you don't get a trophy (laughs) for that. That's stupid. And so I think maybe in some ways, like Carol's skills are more practically seen, right? Yeah, and the things that you bring to the table, although not dinner in this case. <laughs> so maybe some of the things you do bring to the table are um, are equally as valuable, but not as easily yeah. seen. You know. Yeah. But I definitely feel you. I mean, I there's things that in my marriage that I wish that I leaned in more to. Yeah. That I feel like I could be a better partner if I. If I was able to, if I was able to do that, which I know I'm capable of, but for some reason I don't do it, you know. Yeah. And I think we all have that at work, at home. I'm sure as a parent, people feel that, you know. Yeah. And I guess I think you're right, and I think it's important that our spiritual life isn't just sitting in awe of like the grandeur of God, but also practically applying the things that God is teaching us. But I think it's also maybe if we've been trying that for a long time, it might be a good opportunity to use those desires as a way of building connections and support around them, because we're probably not the only people who feel like that. Right. Well, and that's, see, that's what I think the appeal of communes are. Yeah, that's how I live. Because in a commune, (laughs) but I mean a real commune where, I mean, you guys have your own little housing area yeah in a commune where we're all together somebody loves to cook yeah and doesn't even see it as a chore right and somebody loves to clean floors yeah and and finds meditation and joy in that process yeah and somebody loves to pay bills yeah you know and when we're all together as a body Somebody loves to do stuff so that everything gets done. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a chore that I actually like. Well, I think a lot of the things that you do, people would consider chores. Like, like for example, Carol doesn't really like to drive. <laughs> right? Yes. But you'll drive a really far away every day. Yeah. But I scare everybody in the car. So. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe you just need to fine-tune your strengths. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> no, but I mean, other some people you talked to last time about, like, um, right. how much joy you found interacting with the children. But some people right. find, like, taking time right. to your children a real drag, right. you know? Right. So I think maybe you're not identifying the chores that you're good at because That's you don't true. identify them as chores at all. Because in the commune, I would do the nursery. Yeah. Yeah, I would take care of the kids forever. Yeah. Without and and not even not even want a break. No. Yeah. So so yeah, let's all have a commune again. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't live in a real commune, but I do live in an intentional spiritual community of twenty five people, right. and there's still jobs that no one wants to do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you don't have enough then. <laughs> well, they do say that, like in the spiritual world. Like, because everyone is meditating so much on God that if your job is, like, to take out the garbage, right, it's, like, blissful, right? Right. 
just blissful. Right. And I think that's also where that chop wood and carry water thing comes from. Like right. life before enlightenment and life after enlightenment looks the same on the outside, but it feels really different on the inside. Yeah. And maybe that's something, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe making dinner for Carol, like what if every night you were making dinner for Jesus? Right. You know? Would that change your, your mood? No. No, I, I would. Yeah. Um, you, you wouldn't make dinner for Jesus. I would find as much pleasure in making dinner for Carol <laughs> as I do for Jesus. Um, well, maybe that's something to meditate the, on. The, the issue is that I get too wrapped up in my own self. And I would yeah. do that with Jesus or with Carol, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And that's something I need to temper. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. that's something we're all doing with Jesus, right? Yeah. That's choosing ourselves. Yeah. 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 So like you said, well, sitting there at, at, at the guru's feet seems selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, that wasn't my first reaction, but yeah, if I'm part yeah. of a community, you know, I can do that too long. Yeah. So this week. So this week, join a commune. <laughs> Start a commune. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, you would you would have the idea for coming but never started. Right. <laughs> I need to find it. somebody. <laughs> um <laughs> but this week in your if you're creative and you have a wonderful devotional life, practice something at the end and just say, so now what's one practical thing I'm supposed to do about this? Or I could do about this. And if you're very orderly and always got your spreadsheet and your checklist, put on your checklist, spend 10 minutes just enjoying God or life or yourself, whatever fits your thought process. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page, or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time. I mean, I don't want to point fingers, but Carol Morrow does a lot of work in your house. <laughs> yes, that is true. <sighs> and, and I placate myself with the understanding that that actually brings her joy. Yeah. <laughs>